Hello and welcome to episode number 41 of Making Media Now, a filmmaker's collaborative podcast. I'm your host, Michael Azevedo. Joining me on this episode is Aaron Biebert of Creative Northern in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Aaron also heads up a filmmaking initiative called Vita Voices. Through crowdfunding efforts, Vita Voices crafts and amplifies stories about often overlooked societal issues by connecting unheard voices with filmmakers and storytellers. Making Media Now is sponsored by Filmmakers Collaborative, a nonprofit organization dedicated to supporting media makers from across the creative spectrum. From providing fiscal sponsorship to presenting an array of informative and educational programs, Filmmakers Collaborative supports creatives at every step in their journey. To learn more, visit filmmakerscollab.org. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please subscribe and leave a review. And now on to my conversation with Aaron Biebert. Hello, Aaron Biebert. Welcome to Making Media Now. Hey, good to be here. That's exciting. So, Aaron, you are the uh, chief executive officer at Creative Northern, and uh, we were just chatting, and you also you shared with me that CEO, in the case of your production company, also stands for chief expedition officer. And I really, I spent some time on your website. I really like that theme. You're bringing your your clients on journeys. First of all, tell me and tell our listeners where you're speaking to me from. Yeah, right now I'm in uh, the light mill in Milwaukee. Um, that's kind of the base headquarters for our Creative Northern uh, initiative. And uh, yeah, we call it the light mill because we do a lot of obviously uh, film and photography and you know this. And this is an old coffee mill actually. It was uh, 1800s. This was the first coffee mill in uh, in Milwaukee uh, back when one. this was the northwest of the country. They actually call it Northwestern Coffee. So yeah, it's kind of a very cool. Uh, Once upon old, a time, that's time. where the con- that that's where that's where the country ended. Yeah, actually, it was. Yeah, the Mississippi was the was the western border of the United States, and uh, we were right on the border. So they called this the Northwest. That's why Northwestern University in Chicago is called that. And uh, sure. yeah, <laughs> hard Pretty hard amazing. to believe now. Hard to believe yeah. now, but yeah, the, uh, the pre Lewis and Clark days. Yeah. Aaron, you uh, and Dom, your partner, are part of Filmmakers Collaborative, and we applaud that. We love to talk to Filmmakers Collaborative members as as much as we can here on Making Media Now. Tell me, within Creative Northern, you have an initiative called Vida Voices, V-I-D-A. So talk to me about the relationship between those two, uh, the organization and the initiative and what the mission of Vita Voices is and, and how that came to be. So Creative Northern, you know, just starting at the the wider, you know, the wide angle lens, mm-hmm. uh, Creative Northern was was founded last year in response to a lot of what we were seeing with the, you know, the creative industry and the creative professionals and kind of our community of, of creative people. Uh, a lot of hurt, a lot of... Uh, missed opportunities, a lot of, you know, ecosystem problems, really, you know, when you look at, think about uh, streaming platforms and like distribution of films, like we, we were like, there's a lot going on here that's not working very well anymore. And 2020 really just accelerated a lot of that. So we kind of, 
reformed and recommitted our entire like group. And, and we don't just do, you know, commercial or client work. The majority of our work is actually community-based. Um, the last film I did raised over a hundred thousand dollars to, to make that film. That was very much a community project. Um, and now, you know, we're working with FC to, you know, to continue to build that community and have community supported, uh, media. And, and in this case, uh, small films, Vita voices is, is a, a project creative Northern is kind of like a creative incubator, yep. uh, where we take issues or opportunities that we see. And we kind of go on these sort of creative expeditions, you know, and we bring our community along in some cases there's partners or sponsors, but often it's just the community itself. Vita, Vita voices, uh, sprung out of this idea that we need to, have an outlet. Uh, we started a streaming service called Ibex for, you know, like more formal film projects and things that, you know, were intended for digital distribution, but there was all kinds of things we we're seeing specifically last year. And even, even, you know, currently there's a lot of unheard voices. When you think about a super noisy world out there, uh, yeah. while the internet's been really helpful, actually, I don't think we'd be doing most of the work we're doing without the internet. So I'm very thankful for the internet. It's also become an inc incredibly noisy place uh and you think about in the arts you know and thankfully anybody can make things now but, but also at the same time it's also very noisy and uh you know the algorithms on social media and a lot of people when we talk to people on almost all sides of all issues they're all feeling like they're not being heard anymore um and that's one of the reasons why you see so much angst out there and why people are very tense about a lot of things because they're saying things but people aren't listening Mm -hmm. um, there are some issues that we've noticed, uh, that need to get fixed, but yet the voices that matter most, the people affected by the issues are not being, not being heard. Is there a common denominator, uh, around the nature of the stories being told through Vita voices? Are you finding? Well, it is a, it's a pretty new project. Um, mm -hmm. the film that I was coming off the documentary feature was called, you don't know nicotine. And it was about, uh, this, this topic called tobacco harm reduction, which is kind of a interesting thing. Obviously everybody knows smoking itself is, is, is not healthy and often it can come with, you know, lung cancer and strokes and heart disease and things like that. Um, and so obviously there's been this giant push to get people to quit smoking for the last 40 years. I know as a kid, I mean, you know, yeah, absolutely. Very, very clear cut, you know, ways. And, and of course that is, is good uh, to quit smoking. But what, what we found in that film, which was very surprising to us is the reason why people are using nicotine. There, it's, there's actually a serious, like um, it's like a brain booster. So for some people they're missing certain chemicals in their brain. It's actually like a supplement for the things that make the brain work. And so of course they shouldn't smoke, but there's all these new alternatives that are like smoke, you know, like those pouches you might be seeing, or, you know, even the nicotine vapor stuff, which has gotten a pretty bad rep. And, and actually when we talked to a lot of people for that film, we found out a lot of people are unwilling to quit smoking because they've heard so many bad things about the alternatives that are mm -hmm. quite a bit like, I mean, 95 plus percent safer. And so there's sort of this community out there that's saying, Hey guys, like if people are smoking for 40 years and they want to quit, like we need to give them the truth and we need to make sure that they can, they can quit. You know, the new England journal of medicine uh, came out with um, a big study showing that it was twice as effective for helping people quit versus like, you know, gums and patches, that kind of stuff. And so, you know, like at the end of the day, we got uh, 40 million Americans still using cigarettes and 
you know, I think it's roughly, you know, it's a couple hundred thousand, if not more, I think three, 340,000 Americans per year are dying from something related to this. Right. Uh, and, you know, so it's still a big deal, you know? And, and so we, we found a lot of these folks, a lot of these older, older people, um, that have been struggling with this or found ways they just don't feel like they're being, being heard in a very noisy, uh, environment with a lot of money. There's a lot of money going into, ad campaigns and things. And so, you know, we found that that so that's the so early on here that kind of just naturally came out of that. Um, so Vita Voice has been doing some pieces about that. We've been looking at Canada, you know, a smaller population group because the United States, of course, is wild and crazy and, you know, third most populated country on the planet. And obviously a lot of money and influence being floated all over the place. We thought, hey, let's look at Canada. It was an inspiration for our last film. They had a, a teenager uh, died because he was misdiagnosed because people were so afraid of nicotine that they thought for sure his stroke must have been from that, even though it's not even a, a thing. So we started looking at Canada. I mean, we do have a lot of plans to to look at other topics, uh, health related for sure, but also, you know, more societal, you know, looking at like justice reform, um, interesting advances in medicine and mm -hmm. things like that. I know there's, there's some other interesting topics, you know, looking at uh, all the research coming out lately. Um, and I, I'm not a user of psychedelic uh, chemicals, but that's something that they're showing is massive uh, potential for, for medicine. And yes. of course, you know, people aren't going to talk about it because it's taboo. Right. You know, so we want to talk about uh, topics that, you know, do the research ourselves. We, we've gotten to be pretty good at really listening deeply to scientists on, on a variety of sides and kind of coming up with what the real truth is about it. But then going there, going there, like saying the things that people are uncomfortable saying, mm -hmm. finding the voices that are saying it, the very credible voices that are saying these things and actually giving them a platform so that society in general can be better off um, and communicating those things. Because oftentimes the people affected by these sort of issues are not professional media people. They're not trained in how to speak and tell their story concisely. And so they're often, you know, in a soundbite world taken out of context. And so, yeah, that's, we, we have a uh, interest in a lot of different topics, uh, but a lot of it to do with people and helping people and uh, a lot of that through information and storytelling. So that's, that's really what Vita voices will be. Uh, and right now we're just kind of, you know, launching with some of those topics in tobacco harm reduction. So in the, uh, the the film dealing with nicotine, is it is it the contention that the practice of vaping was being undermined by the entrenched tobacco interests? Yeah. So this is a very complicated one. And if people get a chance, I definitely recommend uh, checking it out on our uh, the streaming platform. Watch Ibex.com. And there's a Roku app and stuff like that. The movie is that I-B-E-X. Yep. I-B-E-X. It's watchibex.com. And there's a Roku app too that we developed and all this kind of stuff. And it's like a community-based uh, streaming platform. Like uh, think of it like a permanent film festival. But anyway, that in that film, we yeah, there is a lot of entrenched interests. Okay. And this is a very disruptive situation. The movie itself is not about nicotine vapor, but that's a big part of it, of course, okay. because that's the number one way people are using nicotine outside of cigarettes. But we also looked at this thing in Sweden called Snooze. For 50 years, they've been doing that. And we find that these trends are the same everywhere. There's like entrenched interests that are making money or reputation off of either selling cigarettes or fighting cigarettes. 
Right. So if you think about that, those are very deeply entrenched, a lot of prestige and power and strength in, in these sort of both sides. Okay. Selling cigarettes or cigarettes, but the people right in the middle are being lost. And the topic of nicotine itself, people have not looked into why do people smoke? It's over a billion people right now are using cigarettes to get nicotine. A billion people like, and it's actually going up. The number of people smoking cigarettes is actually going up. And yet, yeah, globally. Globally, right? Yep, yep, not in the US specifically. But when you look at why, people aren't asking why. They just assume, oh, because you're addicted or, you know, that kind of uh, infantile like treatment of people. But why? Like why, if you know it's bad and people, you know, they just they just dismissed it as because it's addictive. Well, you know, you could say the same, like if you put that sort of uh, frame of reference on like water, you could say, well, is water addictive? Why do you keep drinking water? Well, maybe there's a reason. And I, I was just curious. Um, and then when we started talking to brain scientists, uh, Vanderbilt University is doing this massive study with UCLA and a variety of other major uh, research institutions. And they're, they're showing that nicotine actually helps reduce pre Alzheimer's stuff. Like this is a brain supplement. And so that's why people who have, uh, you know, I think it's like 90, roughly 80, 90% of people with schizophrenia use nicotine. There's reasons why people are using it. And so they're often dismissed and they're not being listened to. And the scientists are not being listened to either because they're saying like, Hey guys, let, let's just get people off cigarettes. Um, but they don't need to stop using nicotine. There's nothing bad about nicotine, actually. It does form dependence. That's true. But dependence, that's the same you can say for ADHD medicine, depression medication. Yeah. Like, we shouldn't be shaming people over dependence. What we should do is find the best way to use the thing that they are dependent on. The cigarette is a uh, nicotine delivery mechanism. Yeah. And if I understand your contention correctly, uh, the carcinogens and, you know, in the follow on uh, health effects to cigarette smoking can be separated out from the ingestion of the chemical nicotine itself. Right. And this is pretty new. You know, in the last 15 years, this idea of separating the nicotine, they have been doing it in Sweden and they have the lowest rates of cancer because of that, because they just said, hey, cigarettes, that's an outdated technology. Let's not use cigarettes anymore. You know, it's like you think about this revolution happening right now with combustion engines. You know, we need to get somewhere right. We're dependent on transportation. Well, sure. how do we do it? Yep. We could burn fossil fuels or we could switch to something electric that doesn't burn fossil fuels. Which one? Both vehicles are dangerous. Driving is dangerous, right? But right. what's the best way to do it? And that's called harm reduction, you know, ultimately. And so that's what's something that in the last five years I've really become more passionate about is this idea of harm reduction as an alternative to like Puritanism. Mm -hmm. or, you know, like, hey, let's care absolutism. About absolutism, like on yeah. or off. Right. There's, there's somewhere in the in the middle that's often the best plan and yet doesn't work well for media and soundbite and you know the soundbite society that we live in it's either good or it's bad and it's like well maybe it's good for some people yeah and it doesn't it doesn't advance inquiry at all if you yeah. if you immediately have to adhere to uh, one or another polarity <laughs> i will say that <laughs> <laughs> you certainly um, have chosen, particularly with the film around a nicotine, um, a, uh, the, uh, uh, a hot wire topic because it's 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 not a lot of sort of deep dive science based filmmaking that's going to essentially try to position nicotine as having a bad rep. 
Well, there is another, yeah, and there is a, another film coming out uh, that that takes a, a different approach and actually goes, you know, they, uh, you know, like you think about Jewel, for instance, like they mm. did not have a very good rollout. Okay, they did not right. roll out their technology very well, and it actually did cause a lot of problems. But now you have, <laughs> I was reading some, I think it was like the New York Times put out a thing. They went and followed. It's a bunch of billionaires whose kids started using it. They're funding all these campaigns to ban it. Yeah, I've talked to a lot of 60-year-olds who use that product to quit smoking. And so I'm not a big fan of Juul just because I don't respect kind of how they rolled it out. But it's right. it's interesting because now we have the flip side of that. They're taking all these products off the shelves now all over the world based on, you know, a couple American billionaires that are actually just funding like massive. We're talking hundreds of millions of dollars funneled in to tell people how bad it is. And all the all the grandmas out there that are trying to quit smoking are watching this stuff saying, all right, well, smoking is better for me. So, yeah, we picked a real weird topic. I mean, but part of me is like, hey, if you know, we only got however many years, 70, 80 years or 90 or whatever, if we're, we're lucky, why not do something that could make a massive change? And yes, I do get people looking at me weird, you know, like what kind of like film is that? <laughs> That's <laughs> a subject to, to, to choose. Yeah. And to your point, you know, the media is not in the nuance business. The media is not overall, you know, when, when I say the media, I'm talking about, you know, your, um, uh, the most widely distributed and consumed media. If you do want to take, there is long form print journalism that will yeah. break down, you know, this nuance, but, but to your point, um, yeah, it's, it, it's either, it's either good guy or bad guy, good for you, bad for you. And, you know, as you mentioned, particularly along the lines, I think the um, uh, the legalization of certain drugs that once upon a time, uh, you know, were uh, the, the devil's candy. And and, you know, and, and now there's something that you pick up in place of a six pack uh, in. Yeah. I can't remember. Uh, you know, there's dozens of U.S. states. Um, and if you wind the clock even further back 100 years ago, people were using cocaine when they were drinking Coca-Cola. Well, and they were, they were coca, using, yeah, the coca was, plant. I mean, that's a tea when I was filming in, in Peru. This is a common, the tea. Now, cocaine is a pharmaceutical grade of that plant and that tea. Um, but yeah, that was what was in Coca-Cola. And that is illegal in the U.S. You know, very interesting. You could go to any grocery store and buy CBD, but only like five years ago, that was a felony. Sure. CBD, yeah. not yeah. even THC. I mean, that one is still being debated all over the place, but this is legalizing often. This whole thing with psychedelics and what they're finding with how that helps heal brains and psychological things like, uh, you know, serious depression. Like as a society, we have to wrestle with this. It can't be on or off. And that's why we planted ourselves right in the middle saying, hey, let's look at all the sides. And yeah, it doesn't make us very popular. That is true. Because everybody, if you're very fierce on one side or the other, you look at the middle and you'd be like, oh, you're one of them. Because if you always, if you look to the middle, you see the other side. Right. You know, so we live in the the perpetual middle and this whole Vita Voices project, you know, lives in the middle. And it is hard to get, you know, sort of distribution for some of these things, which is why we said we're going right to the people and why we partnered with FC to do that fundraising. Because at the end of the day, we, we're creative people. We don't want to spend all the time, you know, paperworking and all this kind of stuff. And we want to give people an opportunity to, to donate to these campaigns and to have this, the typical text potential tax support or tax write-offs that you might get with supporting a nonprofit and not have to deal with all the paperwork. So, I mean, like all the, you know, receipts and this and that. So it's actually been really nice because we think it's got to be from the, the people, the people have to rise up and the people have to demand 
media that 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 inspires them and stretches their understanding of things and that's what we're, we're really committed to doing that one way or the other and i don't care what anybody looks at me like you know at the end of the day we got to tell the truth where'd the name come from vita yeah so Vita's uh spanish for okay. um life and also portuguese uh both of them are life but also in uh uh the persian uh language uh it means obvious so okay. that's uh it's kind of this uh, little twist nice short name uh something that's meaningful at the end of the day we want to see lives improved that's where and we and we believe that thoughtful storytelling yep can improve lives and so yeah that's why we named it that and the voices that that is like hey we need to listen to people mm-hmm. period even yep. if we totally disagree with them they sure. should should be heard otherwise the only alternative to listening is revolution and uh civil war i mean we've seen this like people you're seeing this thing at least in the united states right now it's like the soft civil war is happening and then even you know january 6th that was pretty much like that was a battle almost what you saw there it's like how do we heal our country how do we heal our neighborhoods heal our 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 communities. Well, we got to do listening and we have to have a basic respect to hear somebody out. Even if we disagree, we got to hear them out. And so, yeah, we're really looking forward to the next couple of years, really diving into some of these topics and really just hearing people out and presenting in a way that it could be consumed and, and really thoughtfully, thoughtfully consumed. Yeah. yeah. And there's that real danger of, and, you know, to a greater or lesser extent, I think we're probably all guilty of it, of, of kind of existing in an echo chamber, uh, particularly these days where you can you can curate your media diet and be absolutely certain that everything you read or see or, you know, hear uh, is going to um, underscore some already existing belief that you have. And all that does is further demonize people that don't hold your opinion and and frankly, block you off from any new information. And, you know, and, the, you know, the more manipulative uh, forces out there are doing everything they can to solidify those tribes and, and that type of echo chamber. Yeah, and that's very dangerous, right? I mean very very dangerous um you know and it's also artificial you know in the old days we'll say you know you would see people in the market you would see people at your community events like churches or schools or pta meetings or whatever and you'd have to interact with people and you'd hear things that were different and it would stretch your understanding of the world uh exactly. yeah like these algorithms you know whether it's facebook or youtube where they're just feeding you stuff that's very similar to what you're already watching yeah, we're, we're getting sick uh, as, a, as a society. We're getting sick um, educationally. like, mm-hmm. and, and that's on all sides, too, because, I mean, there's always two sides to every story. I mean, there really is. Uh, and it doesn't mean they're both right, but you need to have enough of, uh, enough of a stretch to actually be able to interact with your neighbors mm-hmm. who have different beliefs, to have basic respect and kindness to people who have different beliefs. Um, and that's, yeah, so we're, 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 yeah, we're excited to, you know, keep pushing it. And, and so far the first two things that we've done, um, you know, well over, I'd say between both of them, three, 400,000, uh, you know, different views. And, uh, we plan on just increasing that as, as we continue to push forward on this campaign and, and the folks in Canada are very stoked. And this is a global thing. We are, we are planning, we've got some folks in India that are working on a piece right now. Um, and we are going to be doing some stuff in Europe and, uh, throughout the U S kind of just based on what we see and kind of what, what kind of people are not being heard and, What what is the specific initiative that FC is helping you out with right now? 
Yeah, we're so right now we we basically budget out for uh, 12, 12 pieces, so a series essentially. Okay. And the first five we're focused on Canada right now, and uh, kind of their tobacco harm reduction thing because we run into a lot of old grandmas and grandpas who have said, "Hey guys, uh, one of the gentlemen had his oxygen taken away." Uh, because he was using nicotine vapor to quit smoking. And they said, well, you can't have oxygen, even though if you think about it, oxygen isn't good with smoking because fire and oxygen don't go yes. well. But, but with these other, you know, so like this really just messed up understanding, you know, we felt like, oh, this guy's going to die from no oxygen because if people don't know the basic of science, you know, the basic truth, and these were health officials. So, yeah, so we're, we're helping wrestle with that uh, in Canada for, for these first five. And, uh, and after that, we'll start tackling other topics and other okay. communities and, you know, just kind of see where, where things go. We, we just going to kind of do our best job to listen to what things need to be talked about and, and to go there and do that. So I, I get the I get the point of what you're uh, hoping to offer consumers of the media. Uh, what is Creative Northern and Vita Voices hoping to offer uh, the storytellers and the content creators uh, in regionally in your area? Yeah. So so Vita Voices, uh, there's two sides to it. One, of course, society and and filling a hole and a need, which is this sort of stretch stretching people's understanding. Uh, but we also know that there's there's a deep need for sort of a structure in place for storytellers, you know, a, a, a way for them to to form stories and distribute them and get them out to be heard as well, because we know a lot of storytellers are not being heard. And so as this expands and grows, we're, we're going to be uh, bringing in other filmmakers or specifically we're based here in Milwaukee. We're looking forward to supporting our community of storytellers who do really great work. It's uh, I didn't grow up here, but I moved here and I'm very excited to be in Milwaukee. It's a, uh, it's uh, kind of a mix between like New York, Portland and Nashville, kind of this sort of northern uh, crafty city built, you know, 100 years ago on the, you know, during the the massive, it was the capital of, of the grain, grain industry mm -hmm. uh, and massive amounts of wealth here. So all these old, really cool buildings. And then we had some hard times, yeah, with the manufacturing going overseas and then rebuilt with a with a passion in this so a lot of creative folks, uh, we, we live in, uh, actually Boston and Milwaukee, um, we're both kind of, um, one of the most segregated cities on the, in the country, if not the planet. Um, and we're looking forward to connecting more people together through that mm -hmm. too, and helping rebuild ecosystems and properly, you know, mentoring and, and all that kind of stuff. So we're looking forward to using this as a way to, to, uh, add additional support to the filmmaking community. Uh, here in, in our region, but we will work with people around the world too, if, if that presents itself, you know, so definitely a healthy mix. We're, we're trying to be inclusive, but certainly sure. we know a lot of people who can tell really great stories. We want to make sure they have an opportunity to do that. Yeah. The, uh, obviously from the um, philosophy of filmmakers collaborative, we're big believers in collaboration and, and that create that creation of a, um, of a community of committed and talented people that oftentimes short of communicating with each other, they don't realize that, you know, your strengths can add to our strengths and vice versa. Um, your path to becoming a filmmaker is a pretty interesting one from what I've read. Uh, it's not like you get out of film school and decided to open a production company. Uh, bring our listeners up to speed on the uh, various hats you've worn professionally through the years. 
Yeah. So, you know, I don't know, sixth grade, uh, you know, I don't know what I'm going to be when I grow up, of course, like most sixth graders. <laughs> you didn't have that down? No. Uh, my, my mom's like, well, you know, she knew I was somewhat creative, but I also was kind of a strategist type of guy. You know, I loved to play strategy games and, you know, at the same time I was doing a lot of drawing and art and things like that. Uh, so some of this thing about architecture came up. And so, yeah, when I was going to uh, college, I decided, okay, I'm going to do I want, but I wanted to like be on the business side of art. I want to do art and business for some okay, reason. It just sure. happened to be a combination of things that I really, really do like. And I, I see the benefit of running a good business because it helps people. Good leadership absolutely changes lives, you know, and can support the community and do the right stuff. But I also wanted to have a way to do art. So I thought, oh, architecture. So I went in for a business degree with an art minor and I was going to go to architecture school after that, get a master's and do that as a career. And then I did an internship and they're like, uh, yeah, like in 10 years, maybe you'll do something creative, but you'll do stairwells for the rest of the time. And I was like, okay, I don't have time for this. I don't have 10 years. Uh, so I kind of went into like no man's land for a little bit and started doing other entrepreneurial things. I was dealing with real estate and healthcare uh, for four or five years. I was leading a, a healthcare, um, I guess a healthcare group that I was running parts of hospital. Like this is goofy. This is a very interesting story for sure. I was uh, at one point I was the uh, leader of a 200 bed medical facility <laughs> uh, as a 26 year old. Um, yeah. I had license in that. And I mean, things really, and I always said, well, when I get done, when I retire, I want to make films, you know, <laughs> and then, you when know, you retire at 28. <laughs> yeah. And then sort of these like financial crashes were happening and I was like, all right, screw it. You know, like, let's just do this. So I, I founded this company called Attention Era Media and we started, you know, building up, um, you know, uh, building up like a, a business sort of in a way to have funding, you know, ultimately like we want to do the stories that inspire us, but you know, you got to pay the bills. And so sure. we started doing that. It was going really well. We did, had some really cool projects with like Applebee's and NCAA and uh, IndyCar and a lot of different, I mean, uh, make a wish and, it was really going well. And then we decided to, yeah, okay, it's time to make a feature film. And then we started doing that. And then we uh, ended up adding a record label, uh, creating a record label um, that's fair splits of everything, no long-term lock-ins of people like, you know, selling their soul. And we kind of, that's where this Creative Northern thing came from is like, I think we have about 25 people right now that, that are supported regularly by this work. And so you know, we kind of just grew into this thing, keeping people as the focus throughout the whole time and seeing this as a pathway to fund people and fund creative endeavors uh, by doing work. So yeah, everybody's kind of got this, the parts that they really love to do. And then of course we all go to work and get some of the other stuff done too at the same time. So we can make sure that we have that platform, but really pooling our, our brain power, pooling our resources, pooling our equipment, pooling our studio time, and uh, it's been, yeah, it's been pretty magical, but it was a weird journey to get here. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what the next 10 years uh, holds for us. We've been looking a lot into uh, essentially helping rebuild the creative uh, ecosystem through using like um, public ledgers and blockchain technology, as weird as that sounds, um, allowing for credits and royalties to flow back automatically. So, yeah, we're, we're getting into the tech side of it now. Uh, to enable, again, with the people being the focus, knowing that so many musicians and filmmakers are literally wondering when they're going to get paid. If they'll get paid. They have no idea. Right. The industry has been historically notorious for 
late reporting or never reporting and late paying or never paying. Um, our first feature film, the distribution company just went out of business and took like, I don't know, millions of dollars of people's money and just disappeared. Wow. You know? So, wow. so we're trying to fill these gaps in a really authentic, uh, deeply, you know, deeply uh, relational way and, uh, whatever, whatever it takes, you know, that's kind of what we're doing. And we operate sort of like a nonprofit, you know, it's a public benefit corporation, uh, we're just reinvesting it back into the people and stuff like that. So that's why we ask for donations, you know, and that's why we feel comfortable doing that because we think we're actually helping society out. And uh, yeah, so that's a big part. The FC FC has been uh, been amazing. I saw we just got three more uh, donations yesterday from from that. That's campaign. fantastic. That, yeah. That's great to hear. So if folks want to hear more, uh, learn more about what Vita Voices and Creative Northern is all about, uh, where should they be looking? Yeah, I think Vita Voices primarily lives on sort of social channels, uh, okay. Facebook communities, like 22,000 people, uh, YouTube channel is growing, um, you know, that's probably, or on Twitter, you know, uh, at, at Vita Voices, you know, that we, we kind of live that brand, that that project lives on on the social channels. Creative Northern, uh, you know, the, the base, you know, for connecting with us is creativenorthern.com. Uh, and yeah, it doesn't have a lot of details because, uh, you know, we didn't... Uh, you know, we didn't want to limit people's understanding, but basically if people have ways they want to collaborate, just go there, you know, fill out the form and then we'll be in touch on uh, collaborating with, uh, you know, sort of these creative and expeditions. So we call how, them. how, um, how regionally focused are you? So for instance, if a, you know, a filmmaker from new England, uh, makes themselves familiar with their, with your work or somebody from California or from Texas and, you know, are, are really into the type of work you're doing and the nature of how you're doing it. Uh, are those ideas, uh, something that you're open to also? Yeah, we work very much. I mean, the last five years we've, we've worked in 60 different countries, uh, certainly all over the, all over the United States. Um, we, we kind of have this mindset of whoever's in front of us, you know, help mm -hmm. and, and collaborate with whoever's in front of you. Obviously we, we are primarily based in Milwaukee. So that is of course, something that we see a lot of, and we care a lot of, uh, yeah. and it is technically because we're here a lot focused on it, but that does not mean that we do not want to work with people, um, anywhere. Frankly, it's just, if we, if we connect, then we connect, you know, and then once we're connected, then yeah, you're part of the family. So I wouldn't say, you know, we're not necessarily, again, not excluding anybody. There is no exclusion. Like I said, we're working with some folks in India right now. Yep. Uh, we've got a team member over in France, like we're not, you know, this is more like what happens happens, you know, and if people are interested specifically with that Ibex platform where we're, we're sharing 50% of the streaming revenues directly with the filmmakers based mm -hmm. on view time, like we would love to work with filmmakers from wherever, you know, if they want to, if they want to have a streaming platform and a Roku app and be able to watch stuff on TV and actually get paid for it, uh, every second is paid for, uh, then yeah, we would love to collaborate with them. Um, but yeah, of course, you know, being based in Milwaukee, we do run into people more. So yeah, I hope that explains it. Yeah. It's kind Absolutely. of Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Aaron Biebert, Thank you for taking the time to uh, tell us your story, to talk to us about the, the mission of Vita Voices and Creative Northern. And again, we're so happy that you're part of Filmmakers Collaborative. Uh, we hope that you spread the word about what Filmmakers Collaborative can do for filmmakers who, who uh, end up collaborating with you. And um, we will certainly be keeping an eye out for projects emerging from your consortium. 
Yeah, and we're excited, and I am looking forward to a really great collaboration for for many years going forward. And uh, yeah, we we are big fans, and I um I think this podcast is a great way to kick it off. And uh, I'm looking forward to many many years of uh, dropping the FC name, you know, whenever right. I can. <laughs> we'll welcome that. Thanks again for your time. Awesome. Well, have a good one, Michael. Thanks. All right. Take care.